Hello and welcome to episode 69 of The Solid 60. I'm going to try and roll over the obvious joke there, but um, you know I'm sure we'll cover it nicely enough in, wittily enough rather, in the Banana Split podcast. Those guys have got a bit more sass about them. I'm just here to read out articles I like and update y'all, or probably just me when I'm sitting in a wheelchair in 50 years listening to this, on what's going on at the current hour, which is 8-something in the evening on uh, the 8th of March 2020. As is the current tradition, it's uh, fairly well spaced apart. I think it's been a couple of weeks, that's okay. Sweet fuck all has been happening, unless you really want to get into the micro granular details of my everyday life, which is uh, fairly consistent. Bad food, not enough sleep, a lot of driving, minor injuries, catching my finger or my head on various objects. Rarely get to see the son. I actually got a text the other day from the older son's mother. I don't know how much dirty laundry I want to air, but screw it, no one listens to this. Apparently she won't let me see him unsupervised until he's 18. Also, I I knew that was sort of in the air because we don't talk a lot. I draw a lot of inferences from her actions and what she doesn't say. But to have it spelled out like that was still a little blunt. And I was in a funk for a few days. And then the other mother's like, oh, can you not let your son scratch your back? Not that I'd been asking for it, but horse playing around. And it's just one of those things he decided he wanted to do. And uh, now apparently that's weird. So I did ask around and confirmed that it's not that big a deal. Apparently, objectively, it's fairly standard for a four-year-old to want to do that sort of thing. and, And just, you know, wrestle and... All the usual hijinks that kids get up to. Saw him again today, had a great time. Had to wait like five hours before they turned up, even though I was told to leave now, we're literally there, and then hours later. I could have watched all of season five of The Office, which is the other, which is basically the current show I've been binging. That, Goliath, and a few other random bits and bobs. Lock and key wasn't bad, bit corny, bit on the nose, but I like where Stephen King's son is going with that. If he keeps this up, he might eventually be known as whatever his name is. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, it's it's hard when you're under the shadow of a great man like Stephen King. It's it's going to take some doing to get out of that and have your own uh, spotlight. I can't think of too many other sons of famous artists that have managed to outshine. There's John Romita, John Romita Jr., both comic artists. There's Martin Sheen, Michael Douglas, is that? No. What's the relationship there? Charlie Sheen, that sort of worked, but it's pretty rare. Usually they just end up as spoilt dilettantes. Uh, that's not going to happen with my son. Both of those kids are going to outshine me in every respect, and that's perfectly okay. I set the bar pretty low, so not exactly something we can jump up and down about, but considering I've stayed mm, to a degree out of jail and to a degree, kept myself employed. It's not exactly like they could do much worse, but they could do worse. It's, it is possible. You could end up on the street as a junkie, selling parts of yourself on a regular basis, and that would be objectively worse than where I am now. But it would be, with a little bit of application, they could do a hell of a lot better. So looking forward to seeing them go through life in whatever form that may take. I'll support them however I can. Can't wait to share that journey in a lot more of a hands-on manner, or at least with more quality time as they get older. Because, yeah, I even shared that, however ethical that is, with the older son, Lewis, about what she'd said, and then he was just like, what the hell, man, that's not cool. And, you know, we went to Madfest yesterday, really cool little anime convention, a couple of thousand people in Darling Harbour, saw some great artists. I even caught, like, a, a quick dance routine from a bunch of girls that I think were actually singing 
on the mic. I couldn't tell if they were just miming, but the voices sounded so raw that they had to be um, at least joining in with the backing track. Uh, there was just so much zest and energy, and it was really good to see, because usually it's a little bit cringy, but there was something about at least one of them it was really evocative of a show I've been watching. And this is what stopped me from going up and mentioning it. The name of the show is Penis, but the S is replaced by the number five. And if, yeah, she wasn't aware of the show, it would have been really awkward trying to explain it. But basically, it's a comedy with two comedians playing kind of themselves as teenagers. And all the other actors in the show are actual kids. But these girls are probably t- maybe late 20s. But somehow pull it off. The Asian actress is just this super dorky, basically a female version of Napoleon Dynamite, just dealing with puberty and all the struggles that young girls go through. And when she dances, it's just something to watch. She just puts everything into it. And yeah, I guess there was that's reminded me of this girl on the stage. And it was just not something you could go up to before and go, hey, you're just like that dorky kid on that show with the weird name. So I just sort of took it in and went, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Good to see there's so much talent out there just going for it. And that's about it. I've been, you know, doing the same thing for the trucks. As long as this coronavirus doesn't get too much more out of hand. Obviously, everyone knows about the Chinese cities that have been under lockdown. Now it's happening in Italy. Now uh, we've had three or four dead here in New South Wales. We've had soldiers catching it. We've had everyone being forced to declare that they haven't been overseas, even at my work. It's, you know, the toilet paper crisis of 2020. It's, It's pretty scary stuff. Two women were arrested for fighting over a bunch of rolls in Bankstown. Of course, it was Bankstown. Someone else got arrested for stabbing a motherfucker over a toilet roll, so shit's getting pretty crazy. I do think it's just a bad flu, and hopefully it's not as bad as the Spanish flu, because that did kill a bunch of people. The conservative estimates are 0.2% or something like that of the population. It's generally knocking off the older people, so I hate to sound a bit like a sociopath, but I'm not too worried about myself or the world at large in a big way. It's fucking the economy over a little bit. Yeah, it, we're not going to see like epidemic, pandemic levels of, of issues, I don't think. It's just, it's definitely gotten a lot worse uh, than any of the previous outbreaks of it's very 12 monkeys scary at this point, if you want to buy into that panic. Just all I can do is keep drinking that half full glass of life and get up every day and hope it's going to get better. Because what's the point? Otherwise, on that note, let's move to the article I've got for this week. Should really make this weekly because then I just enjoy saying this week, blah blah blah. Just makes it a lot easier. And I'm a little, a little confused because I've got the laptop on my lap where they should be. I guess I'm not worried about irradiating my lower regions. I've already had the two awesome kids. Who needs more at this age and the trouble that that can apparently bring? Always worth it, of course. But Jesus, it gets complicated with the other parents sometimes going through a bad patch of that if there's anything you want to note down about march 2020 it's a rough patch in that way but otherwise things are relatively good even went to the gym today for five minutes and a few minutes the other day so that's probably the most and mainly today it was just because i was still waiting for the little one to turn up but um it's it's good to get out there and and i forgot once you're in there how not so much fun it can be but how how rewarding and satisfying it can be to walk out and go damn feel pretty good sore but good Anyway, the article is written by Faye Chopin. It is on the Guardian website, written on the 12th of January 2016. And it is not a very clickbait headline. It's just a nice lead-in to hopefully an interesting think piece. And the headline is, Hobbies make us happier. So ignore the mockery and enjoy. I like where this is going. 
It's a bleak Monday in January, and you have spent half the morning trying to come up with plausible excuses to get out of doing any work. But I have some good news, the key to a happy life, and I know you were wondering about that, is apparently spending more time on your hobbies. New research published by the Society for Personality and Social Psychology, and not the Institute of the Completely Obvious, as you may have expected, says that valuing your time more than the pursuit of money leads to feelings of greater well-being. And by valuing your time, they mean spending it wisely on hobbies, exercising, or being with your family. There you go, exercising. It's such a cliche, but it fucking works. The researchers even invented two characters, Tina and Maggie, and asked people who they preferred, money-grubbing sociopath Maggie, who would rather work more hours and make more money, or work-shy hippie Tina, who wanted to work fewer hours and make less cash. The option of working less and making more money was strangely absent, even though that is, of course, the obvious answer, as evidenced by the hordes of people who bought lottery tickets this weekend. My main issue with the research is the idea of adults having hobbies. What are hobbies anyway? Pastimes, suggests my boyfriend, which makes them sound marginally less awful. But is eating biscuits while watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians a pastime? Because if so, I'm very serious about it, and presumably I'm very happy too although I wouldn't know it, because I've given up my favourite pastime, drinking, for January, and perhaps forever, the government's draconian new guidelines to be believed. After all, what is the point of being an adult if you can't gleefully cast off hobbies? Most of them not only smack of Victorian ideals of self-improvement, but are basically activities adults made you do when you were a child, so they could get you out of the way for a few hours. If you have been a brownie or a scout, you will know what I'm talking about. Here's what happened when I was a brownie. I was awarded a badge for collecting scented erasers, a 1980s hobby if there ever was one, and I was made to do brown owl's housework under the guise of gaining another badge. There are very few hobbies that are acceptable as an adult. None involve mindfulness colouring in, and most are a way of life, drinking, eating, listening to music, perhaps a bit of yoga. Of course, there are ways to pass off these everyday activities as hobbies, mainly by making them as complicated and time-consuming as possible. Cooking is brilliant for this. Simply choose an extremely complex recipe with many obscure ingredients. Anything by Yotam Otolenghi is perfect, and I can't recommend Donahay's Beef Friend Dang enough. Not only do you have to find fresh turmeric, galangal and, and kaffir lime leaves, I don't know if I'm saying that right, it also takes three hours to cook. Bingo! Pets are useful. Dogs, walks obviously, cats, well, if stroking cats isn't a hobby, then I don't know what the world is coming to. Speaking of which, there's one right near my feet right now. Gizmo's been really good lately. My own cat has inflammatory bowel disease, it turns out. I can't recommend it, but it certainly necessitates spending several hundred hours away from my desk and at the vets. As with so many things, there is an age dimension. Older people questioned for the study were more likely to say they valued their time compared with younger people. I'm just going to read it flat and see if it makes any more sense. I can't tell if I'm retarded, sorry, uh, developmentally delayed, or if they're generally stuffed up here. But let's try that again. And it's about uh, older people more likely to value their time. This can only be good news. Pastimes that your friends previously mocked you start becoming acceptable as you age, I'm sure they're stuffed up there. Bird watching, for example. This seems to be fine after the age of 40. Ditto, gardening. So there you have it. Faff around doing anything you like, really. You may even fool yourself into being happier. After all, isn't the study basically saying that the more time spent away from work, the better? Common sense, really. See, I was hoping the article would be uh, better than that. It's been sitting there a while, and that seems a bit like a just a lazy stab at 
development. I thought there'd be more science, not just some Captain Obvious answers to questions in a survey. Well, let's see what's going on while I'm here. I'll jump onto the news on The Guardian, and it's talking about more coronavirus crap. So I don't know if it's worth reading all this out, because I do listen to a, an English true crime podcast, and he seems to start every single episode with a brief roundup of what was top of the pops, the month of whatever case they're studying, whatever was in the news, and I just want to skip past it. I'm trying to find stuff that's going to be not timeless, but just quirky enough to point out. You know, you've got the whole Harry and Megan thing. They're getting standing ovations. An interesting layout for the website. I'll give it about a 7 out of 10 for readability. That's the Australian Guardian. So that's cool. They've all got very Aussie centered focused versions now like the old so never used to see that over here to me it's a very english masthead they do their bit over here as well obviously that's a bit weird man who raped two-year-old girl in 2018 jailed for 13 years now is it me or is that a little short it's two years old that's not even a person yet how do i mean let's ignore the obvious depravity and like sheer evilness of it but um mechanically i, I don't even want to think how that, uh, no, it's the sort of thing you start, it's where your brain can't help, it's like a, what's, what's that term, there's something where, you know, you just have these thoughts, like, what if I just jump in front of that bus, or it can't help going down certain tracks, you want to stop it, but it's like a train crash, you just gotta let it play out, in terms of, how would that, no, but there's, what, she received a blood transfusion and stitches to treat lacerations, cuts, abrasions, and bruising, oh god, and he infected her with gonorrhea, so there should be an extra life in prison for see in america or certain states he'd be in jail for 700 years so in a way they're doing it right over there i don't agree with how they treat ex offenders that are out they've done their time but they can't get a job or live anywhere like what do you expect them to do but yeah this guy wow i don't know how much planning was involved but the crime was not opportunistic it's not as though you were living in that house and suddenly succumbed to temptation he's been raised by an aunt and abandoned by his parents but he was not found to have any psychotic illness that would explain his actions He's got some kind of illness. 13 years, like with... Okay, so nine and a half years on the bottom. So he'll be out in under 10 years. Christ, that, how does that uh, work? Really shocks me. So let's jump on to... Because we're only at 20 minutes, which is fine. Some of them are that short. But I do want to knock off uh, everything. Well, not all the articles I've got saved, but I can squeeze one more in. So there's this guy, Luke Ryan. He's decided to take the challenge of either Chris Hemsworth or Elsa Pataki. They've both written books, or wellness manuals, rather, and this guy's decided to give them a go. This was written on 17th of January, 2020, so fairly recent. See how he went. My wife is hesitant. You want us to work out together? Not work out, train. Elsa and Chris say training together is the key to their relationship. Oh, they're married. Right, okay, well, that makes more sense. It's only one book. I forgot who his wife was. I mean, I know she's somewhat famous, but... I don't think she's in the Avengers, so of course I don't know. They're Byron Bay's fittest couple. She's Eleanor in the Fast and the Furious series. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, that rings a bell. He's Thor, toned, sculpted, and defined. Theirs are the bodies of the gods themselves, and in his case, almost literally. But how did they attain such flawless physiques? World-class personal trainers, encore nutritionists, limitless time and money? Well, yes, but Elsa and Chris... I've learned a few things through their relentless pursuit of bodily perfection. Now they're sharing them with the world. Elsa, in her new book, Strong, How to Eat, Move and Live with Strength and Vitality. And Chris, through his app, Center, which promises to help one become fitter, stronger and happier. 
God, what a mouthful that book title is. What a mouthful she is, eh? So, now I'm attempting to combat my own mid-30s physical NUIA, I very much identify with that, with a crash course in Elsa and Chris-style fitness. My wife is proving a more difficult convert than I had anticipated. It'll be fun, I tell her. Elsa says we should make it a competition. Who can do the most sit-ups? She turns to our one-year-old son. I think Daddy is having a breakdown. Day one. At Elsa's urging, I start the first day of my new life with two glasses of tepid water, spiked with lemon juice. As a symbol of what to come, it's both underwhelming and prematurely dispiriting. Breakfast is a leek and goat's cheese omelette served with cashew pesto and a leafy green salad. Yeah, that's never going to be on my table. While undeniably delicious, it takes the better part of an hour to prepare. Exactly. And my wife has already left for work by the time I plate up. I tried to feed some of her share to our son, but he finds the pesto abrasive. With two healthy, nutritious breakfasts under my belt, it's time to get... I think he's pissing the point, and that's part of the humour, I guess. It's time to get to the day's exercise session. Elsa is a big believer in the power of HIT, high-intensity interval training. I nearly went to that. I think it was Thursday, came home and went to sleep. As best I can tell, this means doing short bursts of exercise at such pace that you'll feel like you're about to die. The health effects are supposed to be significant. Increased calorie burn, both during and after training, more muscle growth, greater levels of aerobic fitness, and given that I broke a sweat while watering the garden, HIT sounds like it could really straighten me out. Browsing through Strong, I decide to attempt Circuit 4, primarily because it requires no exercise equipment. For 40 minutes, I work through an endlessly repeating pattern of bear crawls, squats, push-ups, lunges, planks, crunches, and a particularly hellish invention called a sit-through. So that's the only one I don't know what that is. Sounds awful. I complete the first circuit and am horrified to discover that barely five minutes have passed. I know that feeling. Still, I am committed, and as the circuits roll on, I can feel myself entering a state of near-death transcendence. The sweating is profuse, the grunts laboured and concerning. I finally finish and collapse to the ground. As I lie there, letting out small whimpers of discontent, I keep mentally intoning Elsa's mantra. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Right now, the journey feels as though it's taking place on the Kokoda track, but I'm sure the rewards will be worth it. I'd rather the mantra that uh, Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley, uses in a recent television series he did with Jackie Weaver, and uh, he's a bit of a, well, he's not really religious, but he plays a bit of a psychopath who runs a church that helps people get off smack, basically, and he's just intense, and he has this mantra that he repeats, and I completely forget what it is. I'm pretty bad with that sort of one. There's something... I'm the Force, the Force is with me. I'm one with the Force, the Force is... Something like that in a Star Wars movie, and I really thought that was cool. But I actually prefer the Ben Kingsley one, and I'm going to have to look that up. Well, we seem to have been having some connectivity issues with the internet, but I did manage to find a user review of the show, which is named Perpetual Grace with Sir Ben Kingsley. And uh, I did like the cut of the jib of the writer and he'd start i only review a series until the whole season has been completed but from what i've seen after six episodes i still can't say it oh my god i only review a series until the whole season has been completed but from what i have seen after six episodes this is worth bragging about it is a thriller of some sort with everything thrown into the mix bag of bizarre and twisted neo-noir i see it as if david lynch Wes anderson and aki karismaki had an orgy and created this deformed love child that has turned out to be a unique TV series. The tone, the structure, it's hypnotic. 
dreamlike and far removed from any form of reality, but the emotions are hyper-realistic and challenging if you dare to dig deep. Together, the creators Bruce and Steve, who got his brother Chris Conrad to star as the demented sad sack New Leaf, have pushed the boundaries of the absurd, but not as far as David Lynch went with the recent Twin Peaks series. The highlight is the teaming of Ben Kingsley and Jackie Weaver, an inseparable God-fearing couple who have been stung, so they hit the vengeful road, creating a path of redemption. Another Aussie in the mix is the cheeky Damon Harriman as P.A. Brown, who created the chaos. So hang in there, because it was only by the third episode that I made connection, and it was worth the wait. Yeah, I fully agree with that. He didn't even finish it. It's worth getting to the end. I don't know if there's a second season in the works. It looks like Ben's doing a lot of other stuff as well, but definitely worth a watch. It's just weird that the IMDb page, there's no trivia, there's no goofs, there's just like 50-something reviews, and that's it. So that's very niche. Very sort of, it only came out on Amazon. Just kind of slipped under the radar there. But uh, good show. And the mantra that he was, that's kicked off all this, was something like, and I couldn't find a video, which is part of the problem with connecting. I could maybe do it now. It's sort of working. It's like, get the rhythm. A bit here, there's a video that's 21 seconds long. And uh, that could work. Let's see how it goes. Because I want to learn the entire cadence. All I can remember is get the rhythm, get the rhythm, get the motherfucking rhythm. Something like that. It's got to be more to it. I think I found it through my Google food. There's a really cool, on the official Twitter account, they've got the script. It's not just subtitles. It's like the script is being laid out on the screen as it plays. And there's a section where Pa and Hector are digging. They're not digging a grave. They're trying to dig up Hector's wife or something. Someone gets buried somewhere. It's just crazy. But basically, they are chanting. Get it, get the rhythm, get the rhythm, there we fucking go. Get it, get the rhythm, there we go, there we fucking go. Get it, get the rhythm. It's tough. Get it when she comes around again. Yeah, you really have to look that up. Right, get it, get the rhythm, get the rhythm. Again. Get it, get the rhythm, get the rhythm, there we go. Get the fucking rhythm, there we go. Get the rhythm. Uh, See, uh, it's really hard. It's like a tongue twister. If you keep saying it, you're going to go off track at some point. But like a meditation, you just got to keep trying I suppose because you like with transcendental meditation or any kind of meditation apparently you do go off track but that's okay that's part of it you just come back I've listened to so many podcasts about the thing never actually try actually meditating but some vague notion of what it's about get it get the rhythm get the rhythm there we go get the fucking rhythm get it get the rhythm get the rhythm there we fucking go and get the rhythm so if I could keep saying that while running or something yeah whatever helps but it's just when you i think it's more when you see the show and you realize how insanely motivating and he's nuts he's completely amoral but there's something charismatic about or anything ben kingsley does but this particular character i can't believe he doesn't have an army of um, acolytes just doing everything he wants because he just he's captivating he's like an all-father just want to make the guy happy do his bidding I'm going to leave that up there and see if I can really just nail it at some point. But back to good old My Week by Luke Ryan. Got to get off track. So, he finally finishes. He's letting out whimpers of discontent. and keeps mentally intoning Elsa's mantra, which is where I, what took me off on that journey. Right now, the journey feels as though it's taking place on the Kokoda track, but I'm sure the rewards will be worth it. Day two. I'm so sore I can barely walk. When I sit down, I make a noise that could only be described as agonized. My wife is enjoying herself far more than I feel is fair. Day four. My body is beginning to feel normal again. I decide to put aside Elsa's ministrations and see what Chris has to offer me. I open up the center app and am peppered with questions. Sex, height, weight, exercise frequency, diet. Ask me what my goals are. I choose get fit and toned. 
Ask me how long I want my subscription to be. I choose free one-week trial. I'm informed that my centre plan is now ready for viewing. My first impression is that I will have to quit my job and hire a PA just to keep up. Breakfast, lunch and dinner are all prescribed. Today there's a Pilates session to attend to, as well as a guided meditation. If I'm feeling really committed, I can read a blog about eight ways to try and stay healthy over the holidays. The production values are high. The imagery, sun-kissed and the content, extensive. If Elsa's book feels gently aspirational, Chris's app feels like a cultish holiday boot camp. After slurping down a pumpkin spice smoothie for breakfast, uh, this is so why people hate health food, I attempt the Pilates. A woman named Sylvia Roberts puts out another unnamed woman through half an hour of pulverizing stretches, lifts and holds. I begin brimming with confidence. I finish humbled and defeated by the climactic seven-minute booty sculptor. No time to dwell on failure, though. There's spinach and feta quesadilla to prepare. An improvement on breakfast. It still leaves one wondering what exactly the health-conscious have against flavor. I distract myself from my gnawing hunger with today's meditation. A body scan tension release with Sergio Pereira, who I discover is also Chris's on-set chef. Great. Now I'm hungry again. Dinner is a beef vermicelli salad, which I consume like a man rescued from a desert island. It's only after finishing the whole thing that I see the recipe was meant for two. I look at the empty bowl and open a beer. Again, going a bit off the rails. It's all good. Day five. I've given up on Elsa and Chris. There's nothing controversial about what they're peddling. Fresh food, small portions, and varied plentiful exercise would be the expected advice from most health professionals. But I've become convinced that these sorts of scorched-earth, all-or-nothing campaigns simply offer convenient excuses for failure and a regression back to old habits. Healthy living shouldn't be something extraordinary, but by making it appear that way, it just becomes ever more unobtainable. I tell my wife all this over breakfast, toast with Vegemite and a giant coffee. It's okay, she says, patting my shoulder supportively. You were never going to look like Thor anyway. That's, uh, no one can, yeah. I mean, he's got the body, but it's the whole package, isn't it? Look at those jawlines. Talk about winning the genetic lottery. That's then the combination of that and hard work, of course, but good on him. So I reckon that will do. I don't need to slog away uh, for an hour like the group one. Got a lot more news to get through. When we all meet up this weekend, hopefully... And uh, I really have to start organising the competition for Iron Fest. And uh, hopefully the crowds are a bit more excited than I was about, say, the competition at Madfest, which I didn't really make kind of a hypocrite there. feel bad about that. but And I'm just losing my passion a little bit for the whole thing over the years. But uh, hopefully I get all that reignited in April when it's all happening. Yeah, so for now, that is... Sold 60, and I will bid you adieu. Love you all. Peace out.